a historic wall comes down, a major U.S. bridge falls to the ground. There was a swift birth. San Francisco Bay Area sports ruled the earth. The godfather of soul goes to jail. We find out that oil and water don't mix well. Songs were encouraging us to make love in shacks. Batman makes a much-needed comeback. Lifeguards were no longer lame, and Jerry was about to become a household name. Yes, people, we are talking all things 1989 on Growing Up Rock Podcast. Turn it up! So, this ain't no disco, 1989. This is a rock and pod 2 VIP exclusive with our buddy Jason Kearney, who was kind enough to donate in the name of Growing Up Rock to the Rock and Pod 2 Expo, which means Jason's coming on and we're going to talk all things 1989 Jason chose the year, he chose the music, and we're going to have an awesome time just going through this entire year. So I am super looking forward to this. And it's all about rock and pod, Sonny. I mean, we've got perks, we need the people's help, we need donations, and all these folks have to do is go to the website, which is www.gofundme.com forward slash rock and pod 2018 and uh, make your donation there. We're about a third of a way there and could really use your help. Absolutely. This thing is 100% completely crowdfunded, but a lot of amazing content will come out of it. If you guys can't remember that website, you can go to our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and there'll be a link to the Rock and Pod 2 Expo website. You can go there. You can look at all the perks that all the different podcasts offer and choose any perk that you want and make a small donation, whether it's small. We got things from $5 all the way up to uh, $75 for us. Um, and, you know, there's some cool things out there. You can pick yourself up some real kiss pics from the Animalize tour, or you can pick up a uh, autographed copy of Bob Kulik's record. I mean, there's all kinds of cool things out there. You can come on the show just like Jason is in this episode and do an episode of the St. No Disco with us. It's going to be a really, really good time. Before we go any further... Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. 
So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. All right. So Growing Ups of the Week, we uh, had a bunch of people share our most recent episodes. So I want to give them some props. Uh, Melinda Cleveland, Alan Tate, Ogata, Potter Than Hell Podcast, Jay Zablewski, Restrained, Nighthawk, Eladio, Save Rock and Metal, Tony Masalam, Steve Wright, Janet Eck, Shawana Lee, Ages of Rock Podcast, our new friend at Lady Lake Music, Bella Lowe's 1966, and David Cathy. So thank you very much for uh, sharing our episode. And if you like what we're doing, share it with your friends on Twitter and uh, or retweet it on Twitter and share it with your friends on Facebook. We would really appreciate it. That's it. All right, Sonny, you ready to talk all things 1989? Dude, we could do 15 episodes on 1989, but this is a good one. Let's get started. Please welcome to the show, Rockin' Pod VIP donator, Mr. Jason Kearney. What's going on, Jason? Uh, Not much. Just looking to have a good time tonight. Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, myself and Hollywood, we can help you have a good time. It'll be nothing like the good time I'm sure you're going to have with the uh, drunk dudes over there in Canada or those two guys. uh, What is it? uh, Loose and... um, Baco or bon- Bonzo? What <laughs> Hollywood? What are the two dudes that uh, that have snakes and uh, flames on their uh, their uh, logo? I love their logo, but they're elder fans, so I can't talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Loose and Baco or Bonzo? Who is it? Baco. 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 Yeah, yeah. Those guys. <laughs> Baco loves his tacos. I've just started a war, haven't I, Sonny? You have. Oh, whatever. You have. <laughs> it's all fun Boy, and games. You're in for it now. Uh, yeah. We love the Cobras and Fires, guys. So, Jason, we are here because we are going to record a This Ain't No Disco, All Things 1989, which you were so kind to pick out for us. So why 1989, my friend? Let's see. I was uh, in the back end of my junior year, into my senior year. So, you know, fully heavily into rock and heavy metal and everything in between. And uh, a lot of good memories. Started going to my concerts that year also. First concert in January. So, yeah, that was an eventful year for me. So, as we like to do in Growing Up Rock, we got to get a little bit of your Growing Up Rock story. So, you said you, you attended your first concert. What what concert was that? That was Ozzy and Anthrax opening at Oakland Coliseum in January of 89. Baby, I was right behind you. Yeah, I was right up uh, right up where Zach was. Uh, got hit with a bucket of water and all that in between. What, uh, what tour was that? Uh, no that Rest for the Wicked. Awesome. Yeah. And, I went uh, the next night at Arco, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I had to uh, hitch a ride in the back of a truck down there in January. And getting hit with the bucket from Ozzy, I was kind of cursing him. It was cool. But the uh, ride back home sucked. It was a three-hour <laughs> drive back. That is awesome. And what were some of the first rock records you bought when you were growing up? Do you remember any of them? 
very first one was Journey Escape back in 81. That's a good record. Oh, yeah. And I still have that record in my collection, too. It's a little scratched up and beat up. I got another copy, but I still have it. Any other records that you remember from that period of time? Um, that was my first one. It, I was born in, in Los Angeles, Orange County area until I was about 10 and then moved up to Northern California, Chico area. Yeah. So I listened to the radio mostly. I was a really mean racket player, you know, on those guitar licks back when I was a kid and listened to KMET and KLOS down there. And my stepdad gave me some records after I got into the journey and, you know, some Beatles stuff, some Pink Floyd. And one I didn't really start listening to until I was about uh, 10 or 11. That was Kiss Alive. You're living in the uh, Nevada area now, right? Yeah, I lived in uh, Reno. Awesome. Lived here since uh, 1992. Sonny, you want to ask some questions so that I'm not the one talking the whole time? (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going with the show notes. Dude, I'm, not, I'm going with show notes, but there should be dual interaction, which, I'll, by the way, I'll edit all this shit out. But anyway. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so Jason, how old were you in 89? I was 16, turning 17. And you're in Chico at the time, right? A uh, town called Corning. It's a little bit oh, outside yeah. of, uh, of Chico. Right out of, right out of Reading, right? Yeah, about an hour. Yeah, yeah, it's right in the middle of that Sacramento Valley, out in the middle of the sticks and uh river and all that stuff and uh you know i lived out in the country so so we talked about what jason was doing in 89 sonny do you remember what you were doing because both you and i got a few years on jason oh yeah so 89 i turned 20 in that october so i had just gotten promoted at target to manager and i was living in the san francisco bay area i was either at work I was either at band practice because the plan was to be a rock star, which there was a (laughs) severe talent issue, or I was at a club or concerts. I don't remember sleeping. I'm sure I was eating because, you know, big guy, but I don't remember anything else. I was either concert, practice, or working. Yeah, and for me, I remember moving up to Atlanta sometime probably around 87 and so i'd been in atlanta for a couple of years at that point i was working at music stores and i was now pretty embedded in the local atlanta music scene i was managing bands and uh, that was what i was going to do was be a big time band manager man and uh yeah that went down in flames (laughs) yeah so jason i was going to ask you so you go to your uh School counselor, what does young Jason want to be when the, he grows up? A sound engineer. Really? Yeah, until I found out how hard it is to get in there, and I was kind of persuaded not to. Oh, wow. Yeah, he said, if you like living on uh, couches and stuff, go for it. <laughs> you got to know somebody to kind of get in there. So that kind of took the left turn on that one. But yeah, I was all into wanting to do uh, sound engineering. Uh, What are you doing now, Jason, if you don't mind us asking? I am what they call a mobile engineer, like a mobile building engineer. Basically, people break shit in buildings. I go fix it. But before that, I did heating and air for 23 years. Uh, HVAC. Yep. All right. What moved you up to Nevada? Work. Yeah, in Chico area, you know, it gets hot. 
and you got air conditioning all during the summer, but uh, wintertime, most people have wood stoves, so there's not much call for a person to fix heaters. So I was told, hey, young man, go up to Reno. You'll work year-round, and I've been here since. Now, Reno's not far from Vegas, right? How far is that from Vegas? Oh, no, no, it's no. A ways. It's a ways. Is it really? Oh, yes, yeah. it's about 450 miles away. Oh, it's, wow. Uh, That's way far. Seven-and-a-half-hour drive. Who knew the desert was that big? Yeah. <laughs> you could you could go to San Francisco and back quicker than you can get to Vegas. Wow. Yeah. Reno's changed a lot over the years. These California casinos really kind of killed it, huh? Yeah, but we're kind of stealing all their stuff from uh, Silicon Valley now. Uh, just outside of Reno, we've got big uh, Tesla plant, Panasonic, and Apple's moving a bunch of stuff up here. So it's really booming up here. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So, Jason, you donated to the Rock and Pod Expo, but you're not going to be able to make it, right? We had that conversation kind of before we jumped on the air. Yeah, I'd love to. I was really thinking about it, doing it last year, too, but just the cost of flights were a little expensive. And then this year, I've got a special anniversary. So that kind of killed my hopes for that one. But, uh, you know, maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year. But hey, we appreciate your donation. We're glad that you get to come on with us and record this episode and trying to talk more and more people. Why Why the decision? We know that you're donating to a few different podcasts. Why uh, uh, the decision to donate to Growing Up Rock? I've been with you guys since the beginning. If you uh, remember, you had a little question out there about your first podcast and i answered and uh sure you kind of sent me some uh guitar picks i sure did yeah i do remember that very cool that's right jason is an og he's a g-u-r-o-g <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's cool well man let's start getting into some music because uh that's what we're here about playing a little bit of music for this ain't no disco episode so why not jumping right into it? Sonny, you good with that? Good with it. Let's go. All right. What you got for us first, Jason? I got a little junkyard. Band came out and uh, with their first album in 89. Saw the first hit uh, kind of on MTV and then also heard it uh, on the radio down in Los Angeles on uh, KNAC on that and it's like really kind of perked my interest on it. Bluesy hard rock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I just uh, fell in love with it, and uh, I've got a few of their albums, and unfortunately, I haven't released too much uh, in between. They kind of broke up for a while, but they're back out there and uh, touring again. Actually, they were just in the Bay Area here a couple months ago. Did you see the show? Nah, I wanted to, but uh, wintertime, trying to get over the Mount Sierra Nevada mountains yeah. is uh, a little hard right sometimes. On. You guys get a lot of... Uh acts come through uh reno it's hit and miss uh we used to have a whole lot come through here when we had a uh, concert venue uh at one of the hotels outside but then it changed hands and then that stage went up to tahoe uh for the outdoors and lake tahoe gets most of those uh concerts now during the the summertime but we get a few uh coming through on here bigger acts but not as much as we used to all right so what you playing from Junkyard? Blues. Blues. 
that song and I love that band. I just saw them recently about two months ago for the very first time and they blew my socks off. They were amazing Uh, and they played this tune and there was so much energy coming off the stage. It was awesome. They really, really were a good band. Oh yeah And, and this is such a party anthem song. Now Jason, are you an ACDC fan? Oh yeah. I figured so, because this is very ACDC, right? (laughs) um, I'll tell you, honestly, I have never gotten into Junkyard, but I appreciate them more now than I did when they came out. I'm enjoying them more in my later years than I did when they first came out. That's for sure. Yeah, I would have thought. It's a good thing. Yeah, I would have thought there would have been some songs for sure, Sonny, that would have been right up your alley. I, I don't. I don't really believe that they're ACDC-like. I mean, they're blues rock, no doubt about it, but they just don't come across to me as ACDC. I don't know. That's just maybe it's a feel thing or whatever, but definitely just a straight-ahead rock band. Oh, definitely. Good choice. All right. That's Thank a, you. That's the way to jump into this thing. And uh, so what's up next? Ah, a little Tora Tora. I know, I know that's right up your alley. <laughs> right up my alley. Sonny, you a Tora Tora fan? Absolutely. Tora Tora has everything I love about 80s bands. So why this band, uh, Jason? Oh, you know, when that uh, first album came out, the surprise attack, Walking Shoes, really bluesy, Memphis bluesy song, just kind of grabbed me by the throat going, hey, you're going to like this. And I mean, we're talking about albums that were released in 89 and Junkyard and Tour Tour. And these are kind of perfect examples where really good rock and roll was being released at the time. But these are also bands that were on the cuffs of, uh, you know, 1990, 91, 92, where rock and roll was starting to sort of die out a little bit at that point. So I think these bands maybe maybe arrived on the scene where they caught just a little bit of, of the wave, but it was kind of the wave that was fizzling out. You, you agree with that? Oh yeah. They were definitely, you know, the sophomore jinx, but it wasn't because the albums were bad. You know, the, the second albums are great. It's just uh music scene was just changing. Yeah. And that's a perfect example because both, both Junkyard and Tour Tour, so these songs you picked were off the first records by these bands, and the second records, in my opinion, were fantastic records. Both the Junkyard and the Tour Tour records, their sophomore records were great, but didn't do anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think the other thing is both Junkyard and Toratora to me come off like blue collar type bands where if you think about it, Motley Crue is putting out their biggest album this year. And then you got Mr. Big that comes the next year, which has got this plethora of musicians. These guys didn't have a shredder. They didn't have this guy that's screaming. They didn't have a Dio. They didn't have a Halford. So they're basically blue collar bands are really good at what they do. But in 84, they might have sold more albums. In 89, they sound like everybody else. I think they would have been better to come out in the early 80s. Yeah. Right in there when the ACDC was, you know, everywhere, you know, and uh, blue collar rock was uh, ruling the world. I agree. Which one of these tour tour tunes you going to play for us? Guilty.
So let me tell you how I ended up getting this album. It's Sonny at his 19-year-old stupidest. So uh, I'm flipping through the cassette, and I think I was looking at CDs by this time. Yeah, I was looking at CDs by this time. Flipping through the bin, looking for Tesla, and couldn't find what I was looking for, and came up on this Torah Torah thing, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And, you know, it had the cool woman on the cover, so I had to check it out. Flip it over, and they were signed on A&M, and I'm like, oh, Y&T was signed on A&M. These guys are probably pretty good. And that's how I bought the record. <laughs> Who buys a record based on the record label they're on? Dude, everybody that was anybody was on Geffen at that point. And, and nowadays, everybody now, you know, Frontier. Yeah. yeah. But I've never once bought a record because of a record label they were on. I didn't say it was smart. <laughs> Just so we're clear on that. <laughs> But I fell into, like, these guys are the melodic, hard rock bang zone for me. Um, I, I love this album. Yeah, it's a great album. Oh, and this, this song, I crank it. Every time it comes on on my iPod, it gets cranked to 10. Good choices, good choices. We got a rockin' 89 with our friend Jason Kearney. And now we're on to his third selection. Jason, you've picked something that I am not that familiar with, but I have heard of them. So tell us a little bit about this next band. This next band is Sea Hags. They were kind of uh, came out and then gone within like a year or two. So this is our only... uh, you know, thing left behind from them. You know, they formed in 85 in San Francisco. Couple of guys uh, and then revolving cast of uh, other members, even while recording this album. And this album is actually produced by Mike Klink. Which, if people don't know Mike Klink, I mean, Tesla, Guns N' Roses, what else did Mike do? He's done a ton of stuff. Yeah, and he did this album right after the GNR album. Yeah, and they're yeah. a Frisco band. So, do you know these guys, Sonny? I've seen them live, and they were on Chrysalis. So, I mean, they had backing. Uh, how they fizzled out? Well, I got some ideas on why they fizzled out, but I saw them live. They they were okay. Uh, they played with Bang Tango and the Bullet Boys at the Fillmore. You know, any act you see at the Fillmore is good, but Bullet Boys probably blew them off stage. But it's the Bullet Boys. So, yeah, and they had actually they broke up in February of '90. So, like. You know, right after this album, toured a little bit, and then done. One and done. So I'm reading in here a little bit about them. It says that Kurt Hammett, the guitarist from Metallica, co-produced their first demos. Yeah, I read that too. I don't know why he didn't get in a little more into it, but maybe he was a little busy with a thing called Metallica. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and I can't remember. I, I'm almost 100% sure. No, I now I know exactly where I heard it. One of the guys in Sea Hags went on to join Arcade with Stephen Piercy. Yep, Frank uh, Whiskey. Uh, yeah, Wisely or something. Wisely. That's right. Yeah, I can't read my notes. That's all right. <laughs> that's uh, that's cool. I I remember that I researched that not too long ago because we were doing uh, Arcade. We were talking about Arcade, and so. Uh, that guitar player that was in Sea Hags was in Arcade. Okay, that makes sense. Awesome. What do you got to pick for us? Doghouse. Well, 
Yeah, so Jason, I love you, but uh, two of your picks, I'm not a huge fan of the band, and this is one of them. It just, Ron's Ron's voice just turns me off. I, I don't know what it is about it. It's just that that sleazy blues reminds me of Faster Pussycat, and I so much hate Faster Pussycat. So uh, they're a San Francisco band, bless them, but uh, yeah, I can't get into these guys. Yeah, and I love Faster Pussycat. You saw him six times. <laughs> I saw him one time. I thought you said six times. Oh, one time. No, I don't even think they played six times. <laughs> what do you like about them, Jason? Oh, I I love that uh, kind of that sleaziness. You know, I, yeah. I think they would have been uh, better suited down in L.A. You know, as far as that sound. You know, you that sound, you know, it's not synonymous with uh, San Francisco at all. Right on. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, uh, I like some of the sleaze factor. It doesn't turn me off like it does Sonny. I have to spend more time with the record, but I definitely remember this band. So 1989, Sonny, you're a TV watcher. Do you remember what TV shows you were watching in 89? Dude, 1989 killed one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It was the last season of Moonlighting. <laughs> remember Moonlighting? I do. I never was a big watcher of Moonlighting, but I do remember it. Yeah, that's uh, when Bruce uh, yep. became a big movie star. Oh, yeah. Bruce Willis. Yeah. I was never a huge fan of uh, of that show. Was that What else were you watching? Well, you know, I was 19 years old, so I was watching Baywatch, of course. Um, <laughs> were you watching then, uh, it or were you doing something else? Hey, I was watching <laughs> it. And then, uh, of course, Seinfeld started this year, so I, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. Yeah, I'm definitely a Seinfeld fan. Uh, I was definitely watching Seinfeld from the beginning. I also liked Night Court. You remember that show? Oh, yeah. I love that show. Oh, yeah. That was great. And then uh, L.A. Guns, or not, I'm sorry, not L.A. Guns, L.A. Law. <laughs> L.A. Guns had a good album this year, though. Cocktailona came out this year. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a damn good one. So, yeah. So just, just a few bands that formed in 89. Let's see. Damn Yankees formed in 89. Crowbar. Doro. I'm sure that's after Warlock. She put Doro together. Uh, Fear Factory. Uh, who else? Marilyn Manson. There's also a big one from your area got together. The black crows. Um, yeah, I don't see them in this list, but that doesn't mean that this list is perfect. Cause it's probably not. Uh, I got it. I got my info off a of wiki and we all know that's always correct. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't remember what, what year that first, uh, black crows record came out. I don't have it. 90. Is 90. It? Uh, so yeah, that's oh, probably yeah. true. They were together quite a while, though. They were Mr. Crow's Garden for quite a while before they actually became the Black Crows. Slaughter in 89 came together. Yeah, some good stuff for sure. Let's move along. What you got for us next, Jason? Masters of Reality. All right. This this album, uh, like I said, it kind of grabbed me also, like all these others, but uh, doesn't quite grab everybody. So where did you hear about this band? Because I vaguely remember this band. Once I heard the song that you're going to play, I definitely remember them, but I don't remember them a whole lot when they first came out. How did you first discover this band and get into them? 
I was spending my summer vacation down at my father's house in LA and KNAC played this and okay. played it quite a bit. Yeah. And you dug it from the get go. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's got, uh, you know, they're named after black Sabbath masters of reality, uh, album, but, uh, they got some hints of uh, cream in there, you know, especially vocally, you know, the melodies and stuff. And uh, I liked cream. Yeah, uh, I see that comparison for sure. Uh, cream with a little bit heavier sound. I definitely do dig the song that you're going to play. So uh, let's crank it up. What you got for us? The candy song. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the vocals on that tune remind me a lot of Ian Ashbery on the electric record. Do you guys hear that at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, the stuff off of, uh, I listened to a couple of the other tracks real quick, and some of it reminded me of Jim Morrison, too. Well, case in point, Ian Ashbery, huge Jim Morrison freak, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I like this song a lot. I think I liked it back then. I just, for whatever reason, I never seeked out the record. And and also, kind of some of the stuff, so this is, this is a lot of times Sonny and I kind of talk about this, which is it's all about um, regional location. So I lived in a small town down in Florida, and we didn't have access to like KNAC and KLOS and stuff like you guys did. I mean, uh, you were definitely introduced to a lot cooler shit than I had the opportunity for sure. Uh, and that made a big difference. Yeah, but it sometimes works against uh, somebody like me. So I had access to all that stuff, but I, that means I had access to Blue Murder, Mr. Big, Alice Cooper, right? Dark Angel, Dream Theater. Like uh, this guy, These guys didn't hold a candle to any of those guys. Yeah, you weren't into these guys. I, I get it. You you heard it and it didn't it didn't do it for you. Whereas with Jason, it, he heard it and he dug it, so he got it. So it's yeah. all all good. Uh, but I like that song. I, I I don't know how you don't like that tune. That tune's awesome. It's not a ballad. That's why. <laughs> well, I'm still pissed. Jason didn't pick one. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, ain't got time for ballads. <laughs> it's fine. Jason will send you a purse in the mail, Sonny. <laughs> you can wear you can wear your and you can't see my quotation fingers you can wear your man bag a little bit later on <laughs> over your shoulder <laughs> oh my god all right here Sonny. this is something that you'll appreciate jason's gonna take us somewhere where you're quite familiar with jason uh what's what's going on now you're you're gonna play some bands that uh that our friend Sonny will appreciate yeah, bad English. A little bit uh, babies, a little bit of journey, and uh, a lot of pop, uh, hard rock there. Yeah, and uh, so uh, bad English. This was their debut record that came out in '89. It was an awesome record. I mean, this is a great pop rock record. Uh, Neil Sean, Jonathan Way, Jonathan Kane, and uh, Dean the drummer, right? That's it. And Ricky Phillips also from the babies. Oh, uh, that's right. I forgot Ricky Phillips was in this band as well. That's right. Awesome. What are you going to play for us? Uh, forget me not. Your heart across the bedroom floor And through the window to your world 
by now people know i love bad english because i'm a huge john wade fan and this band all together first of all you got to call them a super group and they released in my opinion one of the best albums in 89 i've heard john wade and neil sean say that the second album sucked and in my opinion they're both wrong so if you have a if you're a bad english fan and you've never heard the album backlash came out in 91 you want to check that one out too but love me some bad english which one of those records is better? Uh, the first one's still better, but the second one doesn't suck as much as those guys say, say that it does. Well, Ricky and Neil kind of split uh, right after it was mixed or while it was being mixed. You know, so yeah. they weren't happy in the direction it was going, so they said adios. Yeah, there's some good stuff on that album, though. That's for sure. For sure. It's it's a good mixture. I mean, I skipped through some of the ballads because they're not for me, but I like the guitar-driven stuff. It sounds really good. Yeah, I saw them tour on this album. Uh, they opened up for Whitesnake. How were they live? Good. They were awesome. really good. Yeah. Some other notable records that came out in 89. This is uh, one that Sonny likes quite a bit. Blue Murder debut. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I've got that CD. Um, this is one of Jason's favorite ones, Carcass Symphonies of Sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. I, how about, I like some, how about some Cannibal singing. Corpse? No? Yeah. <laughs> Sonic Temple, The Cult? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Love that album. Debut by Danger Danger. Anybody? Anyone? Ugh. No? Uh, okay. Not so much. Okay. Okay. How about Bang Tango Psycho Cafe? Love that album. That's okay. Exodus, <laughs> Fabulous Disaster. That was a good one. Oh, oh yeah, that's uh, that's right in my wheelhouse. The debut from Enough's Enough. I'm a huge Enough's Enough fan. I'm not so much, but uh, you know, I'm starting to get into them a little bit more. Um, I actually just picked up their uh, 
their first album there on vinyl uh, about four or five months ago. So I'm slowly getting into them. All right. Come along. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme's debut. That was a good record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were all over the place on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. King's X, Gretchen Goes to Nebraska. Great record. Oh, yeah. Love that band. What's our Kiss connection, Sonny? Hot in the shade, baby. Hot Don't be haters. Shade. Hot in the shade rules. <laughs> Let's see. For our friends over there at uh, the Potter Than Hell podcast, Lizzie Borden, Master of Disguise. I know they're big fans of that. Yeah, it sold one copy to this guy <laughs> named BC. B- to, to BC. <laughs> yeah, that's the only copy <laughs> ever sold. <laughs> Dr. Feelgood, the Mr. Big debut. Oh, yeah. Metal Church came out this year. Blessing in Disguise. Uh, yeah, not not a fan. What else? Oh, shit. Uh, here's a big one. The Skid Row debut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was played all over the place uh, during my senior year and junior year. You, you couldn't escape that album. Yeah. And this is the year they went out with Bon Jovi, too. Yep. Here's another one that was played all over your high school on positive. Dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich. Eh, a little bit. Not so much. <laughs> really? God dang. Down Boys was everywhere. Nah, everybody, you know, all the girls and stuff, you know, the dances and stuff with uh, heaven. Here's a personal favorite of our friend Hollywood there. A little white snake slip of the tongue. Slip of the tongue, baby. Steve Vai. Don't be a hater. Wasp, headless children. Good record. Oh, yeah. Very good record. Yeah, some good stuff in 89 for sure. Pretty Hate Machine, Nine Inch Nails. Love that record. Uh, Man, you missed a bunch of my favorites. Ace Frehley, Trouble Walking, Babylon AD, first record. Badlands, first record. Macaulay Schenker, Save Yourself. Soraya's first album. I's first album. Okay. Man, you missed a bunch. First of all, dude, I'm not <laughs> reading every album released in 89. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Second of all, I got a dang web page pulled up. How do I know what's missing and not missing? Good lord. Yeah, You're but such there a was a baby. Couple of things coming out that year that uh was a foretelling of uh way things were gonna go with the music industry. Soundgardens, yep. uh Louder Than Love and uh great a record. band called Nirvana yeah, Bleach. Hey Jason, have you uh have you met the lovely and talented Samantha? No, I haven't. Samantha, <laughs> meet Jason Kearney. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast Growing Up Rock and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. So just like the lovely and talented Samantha said, subscribe to our podcast. You won't be sorry and you will not miss one of these cool episodes we put out or got coming up. Sonny, you know how else people can help this podcast out, which really is little to no cost to them? Uh, Amazon's the easiest way. So if you go on our growinguprock.com website, there is an Amazon link there. If you click on that, it does not cost you a penny more, and you can do all your Amazon shopping through that link. Amazon cuts off a piece and send it back to us to help with the hosting fees. So everybody shops on Amazon. I get stuff from there every day. I ordered compressed air from there the other day. So um, you can get anything you want from Amazon, and uh, if it doesn't cost you any more, 
and you like our podcast, it helps us out too. So we would appreciate that. Absolutely. And you know what some of the listeners bought last week? Do I want a hair? <laughs> I got a list. It doesn't it doesn't give us any names, but it gives us the items that were purchased through the link. So somebody purchased CD recordable medium. So CDRs, people are still recording on CDs. That's amazing. Let's see. Somebody purchased uh, some Smucker's Squeeze Grape Jelly and some Jif Peanut Butter. So somebody's making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, my friend. Wow. And not only that, when they make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, they're having some Snyder's Hanover pretzels. I like Snyder's pretzels. That's good stuff. Ah, but hey, there's some good stuff being purchased here, too. Looks like somebody picked up the new Witchfinder General. Hey, hey. That's a little rock and roll for you. Some Green Mountain coffee, uh, some water. There's all kinds of things that are being picked up here. Let me look and see what this is. Oh, um, Red Desert. Have you ever heard of this band? Red Desert? No. Damned by Fate. I have no clue. Never heard of it. Older, no wiser. It looks very heavy metal, but I don't know what it is, so I cannot say. (laughs) Uh, But it looks very heavy metal. And so in addition to that, obviously, we're playing some great music that Jason has picked out for us on this episode. So you can go and pick up some of that as well at Amazon. As we said, it doesn't cost you a penny more. Another way that folks can help us out if they don't want to mess with the Amazon, they just want to, you know, they're listening to our podcast and they're getting entertainment and they're killing time on their long ride home or their long commute or their long trip, whatever it is. And they, they're like, you know, I feel like these guys deserve five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks to help us keep the podcast going and keep putting out good content. So I'm going to donate 20 bucks because I'm getting 20 bucks worth of entertainment. All they have to do is hit the donate button. There's a donate button that goes straight to PayPal and they can just, they can donate. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever they feel like they want to donate. That's fine with us because it goes straight to the fees that it costs us to keep this podcast up and running. That's it. Uh, We're all still working normal jobs. That's not going to go away. That's not going to change. We don't have any desire to, well, I won't say we don't have any desire. Of course we have a desire, but we don't have any um, uh, like uh, preconceived notion that we're going to be quitting our jobs. So (laughs) that's not happening. (laughs) We just like talking rock and roll. We like sharing it with people and people seem to dig it because they're listening to it. So that's what it's all about. You with me, Sonny? I'm with you. All right, let's get back into this conversation with Jason and keep talking about all things 1989 on this Ain't No Disco. All right, right back into it. Jason, what you got up next for us? A little band from Sacramento, California, Tesla. Ah, one of my personal faves. Gotta love Tesla. Loved them from the beginning. Love them now. They're awesome. You can't go wrong with Tesla. I think I think all three of us are probably pretty big fans of Tesla. Sonny, you got anything you want to add before we crank this thing up to 11? Uh, you can't live anywhere 400, 500 miles from Sacramento and not be a Tesla fan. They kick you out of California for that kind of stuff. Maybe that's why Jason doesn't live in California anymore. I don't know. But 
Dude, Tesla rocks. We're talking about classic Tesla here. That's it. And this is probably when this record first came out. This is probably one of my favorite tunes off this record when this record first came out. So what you got for us there, Jason? Lady Luck. Vegas playlist. It's about 
four or five hours on my iPod. And that song is on my Vegas playlist. And I only listen to that playlist on the way to Vegas. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Songs like, you know, like Lady Luck. I've got Hot Streak from the Winery Dogs, uh, Symphony of Destruction for some reason, Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel. Like there's these certain songs. And then usually on the way to Vegas, I watch Rounders. So that's like my thing while I'm going to Vegas. Oh, God, I can picture it now. Sonny in a hot <laughs> car on the way to Vegas singing Lady Gaga's Poker Face. Awesome. <laughs> My po 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 poker face. Sing it for her, Sonny. I hate that song. <laughs> uh, you know it's on that playlist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that uh, Tesla song is so catchy, but a lot of their songs are catchy. Yeah, yeah, Man, I, I love, love that tune. It rocks. And I, they haven't made a bad album yet. No. Did you get? Were you into Tesla from the beginning? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For as soon as the first album came out, you know, uh, just uh, it was played everywhere. You know, like Sonny said, anywhere within a 400 mile stretch, it was getting played, and you were going to be a fan. Yeah. They came out of nowhere. They owned Northern California almost immediately. And it, as long as Def Leppard was on the road, you could see him <laughs> opening up then and now. <laughs> so, uh, so Jason, you're about to move us into a little bit heavier territory. Yeah, I get a little, a uh, little aggro here, a little uh, testosterone, and uh, kind of a little thrashing about. All right, hold on, Jason. Let me strap myself in, get some shit, so I can break some stuff against the walls. Uh, before you uh, crank up this next tune. So tell us about this band and this record uh, that you picked for us. Overkill. The Years of Decay is their fourth album. They've got 18 out and are still cranking them out just about every couple years. Um, at uh, their East Coast seminal thrash band. And uh, this is, everybody kind of equates this album to maybe like their Master of Puppets. Yeah, and so the, the song you're going to play for us here... Elimination. And this thing just uh, throttles you and throttles you through the whole thing. Elimination! Yeah. 
So Jason and I had a little bit of discussion going on about the big four at one point in time. Jason, you said you thought that Overkill was in that discussion being like the number five out of the big four, right? Yeah, either you know them being number five or Testament being number five. That's always been kind of thrown about, that if there was a big five or big six, those two would be uh, definitely in there. I've definitely heard that with Testament. I haven't heard that with Overkill, but I can absolutely see uh, why that would be because I know quite a few people, especially East Coast wise, uh, are huge Overkill fans and they've been around for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Overkill is one of the thrash bands I can stomach. I'll put my Ian Wadley hat on for a second. Not that Ian would actually say this. It's just the way he would say it. If I want to listen to really good overkill, I'll just listen to Metallica. But that was supposed to be a joke. You guys didn't laugh. And crickets. Yeah, what the hell was that? No, it's not the most melodic thing in the world, but uh, I actually like Bobby's voice. And I. this is another band. I appreciate them more now than I did then. Fair enough. So, Sonny, what movies were you watching in 89? Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to give you some deep movies that people don't usually talk about. So The Punisher came out this year, the Dolph Lundgren one. Yeah. Total B movie. And then one of my favorite movies of all time, Tango and Cash. It's a stupid movie. I, I know, love that movie. But I really like that movie. And then uh, War of the Roses, I thought, was one of the best movies of the year. I really like that movie, too. I, I loved uh, uh, Tango and Cash. War of the Roses was pretty good. I loved Indiana Jones' Last Crusade. And Batman with Michael Keaton came out this uh, this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Jason, were yeah. you a Harry Met Sally fan, or what would you like? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like those that, that orgasm thing she did? I'm still listening to that thing. <laughs> can't escape that part but uh no i was i was an indie kind of guy neanda jones love that uh, love that movie yeah that was the biggest movie of the year top 10 movies just in case you didn't know indiana jones batman back to the future 2 look who's talking dead boy society lethal weapon 2 honey i shrunk the kids Goldbusters 2 the little mermaid and born on the fourth of july bands that broke up docking broke up in 89 yeah. They got back together. That doesn't count. They it did wasn't get like back mood lighting. I lost mood lighting forever. <laughs> Cacophony broke up too. Yeah, they kind of got uh, better gigs. So what else went on in 89 there, Sonny? Let's see. Niners won the Super Bowl that year. Man, Bay Area ruled sports that year. So Niners, now I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm not saying I'm a Niner fan, but... Niners beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and then the Bay Bridge World Series was the same year. So Oakland played San Francisco. So we owned baseball and football that year. Now, the earthquake kind of put a damper on the World Series, but, uh, you know, we get past that. But uh, James Brown went to jail. I don't remember what he went to jail for. Was it taxes? I don't. Was it taxes or did he beat his wife? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> was it a combination of both? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Adrian Smith left Iron Maiden this year. Oh, wow. Uh, was 89, was was that the Moscow Peace Festival? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Was, was it? it? I remember seeing and watching parts of it uh, during the, and I believe it was summertime on that, but I remember, you know, MTV was blowing up, all that stuff. I don't know if it was, um, 
I can't remember whether it was on in 89 or 90 that that took place, but. No, it's 89. Google says it's 89. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. The Moscow Peace Festival that was uh, done to uh, fix Doc McGee's drug uh, issues. <laughs> <laughs> Skid Row, Cinderella, Motley Crue, Ozzy, Bon Jovi, and Scorpions. Damn. Yeah. And everybody was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was wow. awesome. Was this the Ozzy Snort Nance? No, that happened way before. This was that happened on Ozzy's tour when uh Motley was new and they were on the Shout at the Devil tour and they were opening up for Ozzy. That's oh. when the Snort Nance thing happened. This was um Motley already had a name. This is what um ended up there was a big fight because Doc had Bon Jovi headlining over Motley Crue, even though he was managing Motley Crue and technically Motley Crue was, you know, pretty big at the time or something to that effect. I remember there was a bunch of, uh, a bunch of butt hurts going on at that time. I think Motley ended up going with Doug Thaler as partner or something. Yeah. They actually didn't fly back on that plane. Yeah. So. I would have, uh, Obviously, I wasn't there, but I would have understood. Bon Jovi shouldn't have been should have been headlining. It was bitter. Yeah, but you know, when you're on drugs, you get butt hurt easy. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back into the music here, Jason. What you got for us next? Uh, Tangier, Four Winds album, yep. uh, on the line. Close your eyes. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a record that I have recently gotten into. It's a solid record, and in fact, they had a couple solid records that didn't really break that big, but I recently went out and got this record and uh, thought, you know, how, how did I miss this record? Because this song uh, and this album is pretty damn solid. Yeah, they uh, they were on the club scene with Cinderella and actually were brought out on tour uh, with Cinderella a couple times on that but uh, again, this is another band that uh, changing members, you know, between the, this album and then the next album and then good old grunge kind of smushed that. Yeah. So like Jason said, they switch vocalists from the uh, from this album to the next. And I wish they would have stayed with Bill Matson because I really love his voice. When I listened, you know, I saw that you had this on the list and I'm like, oh, let me go check Tangier out again. I listen to the song and I'm like, man, I don't listen to enough Tangier. I really like all the albums I have. So this great song. Yeah, I I would have thought they were right up your alley, Sonny. Yeah, they are. I just somehow don't listen to them enough, but I'm going to change that. There you go, Jason, changing lives. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good tense, good record. I'm not that familiar with the second record, but four wins. It's a good, good, solid record. Awesome. Good choice. Thank you. On to the next, my friend. Okay, Dad, or also known as Disneyland After Dark. Yeah, this is a band that I'm not that familiar with. I remember them when they came out. I remember sleeping, what was it? Sleeping the days away or sleeping the night away or? Sleeping the day away. Sleeping the day away. I remember that single. I also remember thinking I didn't really know whether this was a hard rock band or not because i didn't really consider that song a hard rock song but you know later on i kind of they got lumped into uh, a lot of the categories with hard rock bands so they were considered a hard rock band at the time sunny do you do you know anything about this band so i knew that one song and then about uh i'm gonna say about nine or ten months ago I'm listening to a uh, Ages of Rock podcast, and Alan Tate brings up these guys. And I'm like, huh, I should go check out that album. And then I bought the album, and Alan's Alan's the one who got me into them. So uh, I like some of the stuff. The guy's got a very Lemmy voice. Jesper's voice has a little Lemmy into it, but uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Which song did you pick, Jason? Jihad.
So Disneyland After Dark with the song called Jihad, are they are they terrorists or are they <laughs> what's the deal? Are they part of the Al Qaeda or they're they Danish, from? right? Aren't they yeah. Danish? Yeah. Yep. They're from Copenhagen. That's an interesting song title. I don't know. I don't know where they came up with it. <laughs> you know who else has a song called Jihad is uh Shotgun Messiah. And it's off that record that I can't stand by them, the freaking industrial one. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have a song called Jihad. Uh, remember remember uh, we uh, played that, Sonny, on the uh, follow-up shitty oh, follow-up yeah. Zero uh, to yeah, Hero I'm to episode? For- yeah. yeah, I'm trying to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so, concerts. What concerts were you guys seeing in 89? We talked about a couple of them earlier in the show, but... W- who else did you end up seeing that year? I only saw one other one because uh, uh, not much funds at that age and living, you know, 120 miles from the closest concert venue. Uh, a little harder to get to uh, concerts, but uh, I went to the Metallica and Faith No More was opening up in uh, September of 89 on the uh, Justice for All tour. That wasn't the one with Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and Faith No More, right? Oh. No. And this was, uh, they had just released uh, their album, you know, that their seminal album, but uh, nobody knew about it for about a year. And then Epic hit 90, and then they blew up. Sonny, how about you? Oh, man, like I said, all I did was see shows at this time. So I probably saw 75, 85 shows. Everybody from people like Racer X and Wasp and the clubs to some of the shows that Jason saw. But I'll give you some off-the-wall ones. I saw Millie Vanilli and Paul Abdul. I saw, um, let's see, New Kids on the Block. You could stop right there, first of (laughs) all. I saw Richard Marks. I saw (laughs) Tiffany. I'm not going to stop. But then I also saw King's X. I saw Dangerous Toys. I saw Tora Tora open for L.A. Guns at the Warfield. So, yeah, I saw, I mean, between the Omni and the Stone in Oakland and San Francisco, which were, they were the 18 and over clubs, but you could buy drink tickets, if you remember back then. I was at the Omni or the Stone two nights a week. So you could see everything from uh, local bands to the national acts. Probably the best I saw that year, though, was Paul Stanley's solo. And believe it or not, Vicious Rumors opened. Oh, that's cool. Vinny Vinny Moore, Vicious Rumors? Yeah. Awesome. But I kind of stopped listening when you said you saw Millie Vanilli and Paula Abdul. (laughs) It was a great America. It was a date. Oh, my God. Girl, you know it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of tape machines there. Jason, have you ever (laughs) seen a podcast go down in flames almost immediately? Like all, uh, like all cool factor went out the door just now. Ah, damn it! Like eighty nine was such a kick ass year for rock, and then you threw that in. Exactly. <laughs> damn. Be a, a man, man a man it. purse, and Millie Vanilli. What the hell? I'm gonna do you one better. I saw Surface, Sheena Easton, Atlantic Star. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about some of the shit that I saw because it's way cooler and hopefully I can gain some listeners back. I, re- I remember seeing Cinderella, Bullet Boys, and Winger on tour. Yeah, I was actually supposed to see that tour, but uh, Tom Kiefer blew his voice out before he got to Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, I saw him in the prime uh, and it was an amazing show. It was really, really good. 
I remember Kiefer had the uh, piano come out of the ceiling for Don't Know What You Got. Just a good, solid tour, man. I loved all three of those bands. And I think I saw Dr. Feelgood that year, but Sonny said it might have been actually 1990 when I saw it. But I know I saw the Feelgood tour. And Aerosmith and Pump saw that tour as well. That was a good show. And I about saw probably about a million club shows that I can't remember because I remember I was getting free tickets to all these shows about that time. So it was all good. Well, that brings us almost to the end here, Jason. You got uh, you got one more song for us, and damn if it ain't a good one. Tell us a little bit about this band and this song and what you're, uh, what you're getting into this band, how that came about. Uh, this is uh, Badlands, Jakey Lee, Ray Gillen, Eric Singer, Kiss Connection, you know, and uh, Greg Chassain on bass. Wow, this this album just heard it. And again, this is another one that just you just kind of kick yourself going, damn, this is good. Yeah, debut record, man. You cannot go wrong with this one. I know, uh, I think uh, I speak for myself and Hollywood there. We're both big fans of this record. Yeah, what song are we playing? Winter's Call.
Yeah, I listened to that one a little bit earlier today because I hadn't heard it in a while. And uh, it, the second that I put that song on and cranked it up, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot how good this song was. <laughs> I really, really did like this album quite a bit. I never saw this band, but I love, love, love this album and love that song. So I got a chance to see this band a couple of times, and probably the big one was Tangier, Badlands, Cinderella, because it came around uh, Mountain View in late October that year. I will tell you about this album. Uh, like Stephen said, I'm a fan. This is not only one of the best albums, 89. I would call it one of the best albums ever. It's definitely in my top 25. It could easily be in my top 10. And if you are a melodic hard rock fan and you don't have this album, what the hell is wrong with you? Oh, yeah. This album is great. It's uh, real hard trying to get your hands on a vinyl copy of it, right? Yeah. Solid pick, man. Solid set list, Jason. That's a really good set list. You got some really deep stuff there and some things that I forgot how much I really enjoyed. So uh, way to go, buddy. Well, thank yeah. you. Some great picks, man. Really, uh, I was listening to some of this stuff earlier today, and I'm just like, man, 1989 was a long damn time ago. But uh, I remember a lot of it, thank God. Uh, <laughs> it's a good part of my life. So. Yeah, me and Stephen were having a hard, uh, conversation going. How am I going to whittle all the good stuff that came out that year down to ten? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was saying we could do fifteen episodes on nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, Sonny, Sonny, and I were talking about doing more episodes, and Jason and I had that conversation because I li I started looking up uh, albums that came out that he he uh, when he told me he was doing eighty nine and. And he was giving me good stuff, and I was like, but you haven't even touched A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K. I said, shit, we could, yeah. we could be here all night if we chose uh, uh, this year. But, yeah, it's good, solid pick, uh, man. And um, uh, what else, Sonny? Is there anything else we need to talk about that was going on in 89 before we wrap this sucker up? All right, so I'm going to tell you the top five songs of 1989. Okay. But I don't want you to start crying. <laughs> okay because they're all crappy so, ballads no okay so number five was b-52's love shack number four these are the best these are the highest charting songs in 89 number four was rock set the look yeah number three was phil collins another day in paradise yeah number two was the bangles eternal flame good song and then number one song in 1989 was Like a Prayer by Madonna. Okay, I own every one of those songs in a playlist except for the Phil Collins. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I can honestly say I don't think I have a one. <laughs> you don't have any of those songs? <laughs> There's uh, Eric Martin does a cover of Eternal Flame that's pretty good. Eternal Flame is a good written song. Jason, yeah, do is. you listen to anything else? What What other kind of shit do you listen to? Uh, I listen to a little bit of everything as far as the rock genre, you know, blues. I li listen to a lot of, of prog rock, thrash, obviously, hard rock and metal, and a lot of just regular rock and roll. There's just uh, a little bit of the softer, poppy stuff. Not so much. Uh, some of the bigger stuff I do uh, that maybe, you know, you can actually hear guitars in. Yeah. Both Sonny and Ollie, we listen to a wide variety of shit. I mean... 
I just, I can't listen to hard rock and metal 24 seven. So I got to switch it up. And blues definitely is a mood thing for me. My brother is a big blues fan and I like blues at certain times, but I'm easier to listen to just like pop. And, and, uh, I listen to really like, I love like the Eagles and Steely Dan and stuff like that early in the morning, just because it's just easier for my ears to take that stuff in the morning. So nothing wrong with those bands. And I have uh, albums from both of them. Yeah. So cool. All right, Sonny, you want to say anything else before we wrap this thing up? No, great job, Jason. Uh, Glad to have you on the podcast. And uh, we'll be looking forward to some of the other podcasts you're going to do. Great. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, Jason, you did an awesome job in picking this. We hope you had a great time. Jason, do you have your phone with you? Uh, let me look. My phone does not have any music, but my iPod does. All right. Oh, well, yeah. We'll, we'll do it off the iPod. Yeah. I do, got- do the shuffle, <laughs> rattle, and roll and take us out of here, Jason. Okay. Ah. Highway to Hell from the live uh, album. You shuffled it already? Oh, yeah. I, okay. I hit shuffle, and it came up ACDC, Highway to Hell, the live version. All from, right. Uh, well, so that's it. Until next week, people, we are out of here. Later. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.